The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the Quirky Dog Podcast, inspired by some of the quirkiest dogs you can ever imagine and the owners who love them. This podcast is brought to you by the quirky couple themselves, Scott and Jess Williams. Their aim is to educate and entertain. Here's Scott and Jess. Welcome, guys, and happy Wednesday. We brought Figment today. Uh, he really has no role except to be cute here. Uh, he's a board and trained dog. He's a Cavachon, which is a Cavalier King Charles. Awesome little dog. Bichon Freeze Mix. He is an awesome little dog. <laughs> Love him so much. Scott's like, let's bring Figgy. I was like, all right, yeah, let's do it. Um, and he wants to report that he did pee and poop very quickly outside two days in a row. He's in for potty training. Quiet in his crate. Yeah. Well, we'll Eating see. well. I'm going to put him in the crate in a little bit. Hopefully he's quiet. Um, but he's here to join in the, on the day, and we're going to talk about cats and dogs. This is a big topic for a lot of our clients, um, dogs that chase the cat, everything else, yada, yada, yada. But first, Maybe I could learn something because I want to get a, a Maine, Maine Coon, Coon cat. You've had cats and dogs before. I want a 40-pound Maine Coon. Yeah, yeah, all in good time. All right, let's do the quirky tip before though we get into anything else. Time for the quirky tip. <laughs> All right. So I don't know if you guys tuned in last week, but what I'm doing um, every week between now and the actual like Christmas holiday or whatever holiday you celebrate is different gifts for dog lovers and or dogs. So this week, my quirky tip is from Where Felicity and my best friend from college um, sent me this bracelet a few weeks ago. I was having a rather challenging day and I came home and this was just sitting in like my mailbox. Would you that up for you? I'd love for you to. Thank you, sweetheart. All I do is slide the knot. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> we practice because <laughs> Scott doesn't often have to do the jewelry scene. I mean, it's just so, it's so hold on, ingenious. Quiet down. So I got this thing and I was like, oh, it's so sweet. It's a cute bracelet. But then when you actually look into it, you can put on, and especially when you look into the light, there is, you can put pictures in it or sayings or anything else. So she put in mine, um, one of my uh, cover photo pictures, be yourself, let people see the real imperfect, flawed, quirky, weird, beautiful, and magical person you are. But I get to wear it on my wrist and I get to look at this all the time. And and they also have a bomb section of breed specific like rings. I'm telling you, like Cane Corso, Sheltie, um, Pug. There were a bunch of different breeds. I was really excited. So check it out if you have a dog lover in your life. That I, I tagged the company. I've never even talked to them before, but I like it. And it's a good gift for pet lovers. So check an, out Wear Felicity. If it's an older person you're buying for, they may not be able to see inside that thing. <laughs> it is It is. I tiny. looked in there repeatedly and it saw is. no quotes <laughs> and just Scott a little blur. look at the light properly. And, All right. Uh, before we move on. I have a public service announcement. Oh, boy. I do not Monday know Monday morning, I had a colonoscopy. Okay, here we go. Thank My you. My third one. Last week, I talked about you peeing from having too much coffee, and that was TMI, and now we're going to talk about your colonoscopy. I want to say, if you're 50 years old, you got to get yourself a colonoscopy. The easiest way to avoid colon cancer. You yeah. know, a quick look. It Scott. was painless. I had propofol, which was new for me. <laughs> Knocked me right. I said, we'll see you on the other side. And boom, next thing you know, they're saying, you're uh, all done. It's all done. Yeah. Wow. So if you haven't, get your colonoscopies 50 and over. Scott is older than 50. This is his third one, but just good public and service good, announcement. Clean fun there. <laughs> all right. Moving on. So today we are going to talk about cats and dogs. Um, we have a lot of clients. I would say that the most common thing is the dog has prey drive towards the cat. No? What would sure. you think of? Yeah. Um, 
And a lot of people have a lot of questions about introducing dogs and cats and everything else. So when I was young, I grew up with both cats and dogs. Scott had both cats and dogs yep. um, when he was in his previous marriage with the kids. He wants to get a Maine Coon grew cat. Grew up with cats and dogs. And you grew up with them too. But he's in his adult life also lived in that setting. So what are some different tips that you integrated or that you know of that you've done before to help with that whole either meeting or living together harmoniously, all of that? Well, what I tell everybody, it's the same thing as bringing in uh, a new rescue or a new animal into your house. Uh, I would put the the dog in the crate or the cat in the crate so that the other animal can get used to that animal being in their environment. And you can make sure that everything is safe. There isn't a lot of chasing and the cat is running, climbing up the furniture and jumping off lampshades because... We had that in my house too one time with, when I was a kid. A buddy of mine came over and he had his beagle with him. And he said, hey, can I bring my, my dog inside? I said, yeah. He comes in with the beagle and my cat sees the, and his dog chases my cat. And my cat ran and was like jumping off of lampshades. My mother's everything, screaming, get everything. that dog out of here. Everything was a cartoon in Scott's childhood. So I would agree with the dog in the crate. However, um, I think sometimes maybe even the cat being in the crate, it can be a little bit... Um, intimidating, I guess. Like if the dog's like circling the crate, sniffing, the cat might not feel like it can get away. So if it's a shyer cat or a more insecure cat, one thing I might recommend is locking the cat in a room, like a small room, like the bathroom or something, but just letting the cat be able to sniff the dog for a little bit before there's direct interaction. But for sure, I would definitely say for my own sake and everything else, putting a dog in the crate when the cat is first roaming about to see the initial behavior is a smart idea because they can jump over a baby gate. They can, you know, still do naughty stuff on a leash. You want to just really read that body language. When I was a kid, we had cats first because before the cats, we had mice. (laughs) So because of the mice, my mom got cats. And then we got the puppy because finally the kids were old enough to want to get a puppy. And so the puppy puppy grew up with adult cats. So the cats kind of schooled the pup a bit. It yeah. wasn't as big a and deal. And it depends. That is a really important point. So if you have dogs first and you're bringing a cat in, it may be a different situation than if you have cats first and you bring the dog in. So when Snowball came home, she was a puppy, right? Yeah. So, and Eight how did weeks. the cat act? Did it? They were disinterested. They yeah. didn't care. Yeah. So one thing um, I was, it was doing... Just, it wasn't a big mouse, fortunately, because <laughs> they would have taken him out. One thing I was reading... Um, is that like puppies, especially like they're just, their brains are not as developed, obviously. So like, just be more conscientious of the puppies interacting with the cats when they first get home and their impulse control is poor and everything's still coming together. And maybe they're not reading body language as well with other animals. So be careful, especially if the um, puppy is young when you first introduce those two, but have a protocol, have a plan. Do not just walk into the house and say, all right, let's see what's going to happen. Because like Scott has referenced, you know, if the cat is uncomfortable, it's going to be running all over, destroying things. The cat can definitely get hurt. The dogs can get hurt. This isn't a joke. I mean, some, especially if it's a smaller dog or the cat has claws, that's a standpoint to come from. How do you feel on that topic to cats and declawing and dogs and all that? Well, I'm, I'm not, I don't agree with declawing a cat. I don't think it's uh I don't think it's the right thing to do, but you do need to take care of your puppies and your adult dogs around cats, especially aggressive cats. We have a friend who has all of her cats tend to be super aggressive. <laughs> I mean, Jess had to them. go over and freaking feed the cats. It's the, the one Jess got attacked by a cat. One three. I did not but, get attacked. But, but the but thing is, uh, you got to be were, careful of the There eyes. were incidents. <laughs> we, we went up and had, saw an eye surgeon with Sarge uh, several years back, and I asked him too because... And what I'm talking about is detached retinas and things like that that happen from a cat swiping at a dog's face. 
uh, because the cat's trying to get some space and the dog is being obnoxious. And a lot of owners think, oh, the cat will correct the dog. The dog will learn to back off. But if you get a dog that gets scratched in the eye, it could be you know, an expensive thing to get straightened out or worst case, the dog could lose an eye, which we yeah. don't want. So. And Scott had talked about this. He always mentions the eye. So I thought he might go here. And I even saw a study. Um, it was a German study and an article from 1996. But they talk about um, when a dog is injured by a cat scratch or whatever else, 50% of those instances can turn into secondary glaucoma and everything else. So just because the dog, you know, the eye scratch, maybe the dog gets to keep the eye, there can be some serious medical fallout from that. So be very, very, very conscientious of how close the proximity is, what the dog's behavior is like, what your cat's behavior is like. And ideally, you guys, you're very well versed in at least one of these animals' traits, right? You know, like the cat's just a chill cat. He's really okay. It's not a big deal. The dog's a very high-energy dog. Maybe the dog has strong prey drive. You need to know these things. And shelters will often say um, with a dog that does have extremely high prey drive with small animals, it's not good with cats. Take that into consideration. They know what they're talking about. Please, like abide to those types of recommendations. Not every dog and every cat are meant to live harmoniously together. And worst case scenario, the cat can get severely injured. Dogs have a big bite and it doesn't take a whole freaking lot. Worst case, the cat's killed. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, we know a number of, or I've run into cat killers, you know, in my working with clients. And it's, once they have some success killing small animals, whether it's rabbits, squirrels, birds, cats, you know, it's, it's a very rewarding experience yeah. for a dog to do that. And so. that is true. And I think that frequently happens. Sometimes the dog gets a taste of it with like a feral cat outside. And honestly, straight up, we're dealing with our neighbors are supposedly leaving right now. I don't know. It's been a slow process in Elliot. And their cats are starting to roam, right? It's getting colder at night. Very warm during the day, by the way. Happy spring to everyone in November. It's 60s and 70s in southern Maine right now. But, um, you know, cold at night, 30s, everything else. These cats are cold. They're, you know, looking for shelter and everything else. The other day I was out with Vital and she was just in our yard. We don't have a fenced yard. She had a toy in her mouth and the cat just darted across our yard, like literally like, boom, like she rarely sees something that exciting. And I yelled with all my might, Vital here, and she did flip and turn. I don't know how much money I would have bet that that actually happened. I'm grateful it happened. But if you have feral cats around and you don't have great recalls, all you're doing is intensifying that prey drive towards cats. So be very conscientious of that. Yeah. And I will say when you called Vital and Vital did turn around, the other thing that happened that you didn't notice was all the leaves fell off the tree. <laughs> from you yelling. <laughs> they, had already, they had already fallen off from the storm, I'm sure. But no, I did yell. The neighbors were like, oh, what happened? Oh, the cat was loose. But I mean, literally in those moments, if you do not have a good recall on your dog in with any small animals, but especially cats within the neighborhood, be very conscientious that the dog does not have access to the cat because that is only intensifying the whole process as things go along. Um, other words of wisdom to well, impart, say, other stories? I was going to say with puppies, but with really any dog, that is social, interested in the cat, um, you want to control the length of interact, uh, the interaction, especially with a puppy. Puppies are super obnoxious. They don't know how to quit. They don't take social cues well. That's why when you get a puppy and an older dog, quite often the older dog gets to a point of almost being aggressive because they just want the puppy to leave them alone. So they may play well together for a few moments. And then if you see that the cat is leaving... And yeah. the puppy is chasing or the dog is following. Get the dog and redirect and let the cat have a break. You yeah. know, and it's the same thing you would do with a puppy and an older dog. If you see the older dog is getting up and walking away, 
and the puppy goes over and jumps on his head again, it's going to go south. So you yeah. want to give the older dog a break yeah. too, you know? It needs to be supervised interaction and you need to be an advocate for either the dog or the cat. The dog may be getting pissed off too. I mean, we do have some clients where like the cat like goes and lays in the dog bed. The cat's a little bit of an instigator. And especially like if we're talking a full-on Maine Coon or a bigger size cat with a smaller dog, like they can wrestle those little dogs around and they can be an issue too. So be very conscientious of how you're controlling the situations and you're promoting positive interaction. One thing I would say with regard to food, a lot of people say that the you know the dog eats the everything eats the cat eats their food eats the cat food uh the nice thing about cats is that they have the ability to go vertical real easy so if you get a dog if you have cats already and you're getting a dog or you already have a dog and you're getting cats you can feed them on top of the dish uh, the dryer the yeah. washing machine elevate have their, their food, food elevated so the yeah. dog isn't getting into it and eating it because it's not that it's going to hurt the dog but the cats aren't getting the food they need yeah the, yeah. the dog doesn't need extra food. They ate all yeah. their meal. Now they're eating the cat bowls. And then they're into the kitty litter and they're eating all the Tootsie Rolls out yeah. of the kitty litter. <laughs> that is a point is I was going to bring do. up. Yes. If you have not had a cat before with your dogs and you're bringing a cat into the house, dogs love cat shit. So be very conscientious of the litter box, how the dog can access it, where it's located, how the top is set up, everything else. All right. When we get back, we're going to talk more about raining cats and dogs. Want to keep up with all the latest from the Quirky Dog Podcast like me and Murphy here? Then make sure you head on over to the YouTube channel and subscribe. Or if you prefer to listen to the madness, go on over to iTunes or Spotify and follow the Quirky Dog Podcast. And hey, while you're there, leave a rating and review and let them know what you think of the show. Until then, keep it quirky. I was taking my sweater off. We were putting it on. We were going to put Figgy away, but he's having fun. One thing we do sing a lot now is bring us some Figgy pudding because he's got his little name Figman. He's so cute. Uh, I want to mention cat trees. This is a good one. So um, if you are first getting the dog and the cat together, and of course the dog is on leash, you want to be able to control the dog, everything else, make sure the cat has a way to get away. Not the drapes. Make sure there's a cat tree or something so the, the cat has a way to escape the dog if feeling uncomfortable or the dog escalates or something else. This is very important. The, mo- the quicker the cat feels safe and the dog feels safe, the more harmonious their life together is going to be. If there are a lot of little interactions that don't go great, the harder the integration is going to be and the higher the suspicion is, right? It's going to raise with maybe both animals and it's just going to be more and more of a pain in the butt to regulate. So be very conscious of these small little nuances. Yeah, and to take that to the extreme, I was in a client's house once that they were big cat people and and they had dogs and the cats and the dogs weren't the best together all the time. But they actually had shelving they put up that was about, I don't know, a foot from the ceiling, all around. the. They had all these ways that the cat could get up on top of the hutch, and then it would get on these shelves. It could walk around the room. It was like another yeah. whole environment <laughs> yeah. above above the floor, you know, for these cats. So yeah. that they had a place to go where they felt safe. They had easy escape routes wherever they were. And make sure the dogs are not, like, hunting the cats while they're up there, right? Watch their behavior as that is going on. If the dog is just constantly eyeing the cat, it's fine if they enjoy kitty TV. Like, that's, I get it. Dogs enjoy agility TV. They enjoy fish tank TV. Dogs enjoy watching things. I understand that. But if the dog is literally, like, just waiting for that cat to have a misstep, don't just assume that they're going to be okay together, especially if no one is home. Make sure the dog is put up when you're leaving and everything else. You really need to be conscientious of reading behavior. 
behavior because all of that motion is super exciting and the dog could be in this whole other arousal state that you're not realizing. And the cat, yes, they are pretty good on their feet and everything else, but it doesn't mean that it's never going to fall. So be conscientious of all of that. Yeah, you don't want to come home to some nightmare scenario that you have to deal with. Yeah, no, completely. I'm going to ask Chrissy too because Chrissy's big on animals. Do you have any other info to input as far as this goes? Any cat and dog experience or any tips that we've missed as far as this stuff? No, I think you covered it. I, I always say keep an eye on them, right? Yeah. Like don't and don't make assumptions. Like I took a long time. Like I've got a new kitten, and it took a very long time before I would trust Murphy al- home alone with yes. her. So even if I was leaving, you can never be sure. So I would shut them in different rooms for yeah. a while. It's been like six months now. I I have utmost faith in him. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't. Well, I wouldn't even suggest that for everybody. That no, and Murphy has together. Murphy's a great dog, and he's had cats before in his life, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. So that's the difference. Like, and Chrissy's even saying like there was a big precautionary time there where she wasn't just like, oh, I'll look in on the camera. You don't know what's going to happen. Somebody could come deliver a package, the dog's barking, higher arousal state. Like that should not be rushed whatsoever. And Frankie Joris, she was on for our um, service dog episode. She's doing a lot of great videos right now on her page. Um, Her and her partner have, you know, a lot of high drive dogs, mostly border collies with integrating a cat into the home. And they're both professional trainers. And it's not just like it's an overnight experience, especially if the dog has had a bad experience with cats before. Maybe they're a little bit heightened in their, you know, insecurities when they're around this type of animal. Be very conscious of going slowly and baby steps to create harmony forever. And rushing it is not your best practice for sure. I did read also, and I don't know if this happens, but um, don't bring the dog or the cat to the shelter. Like if you're trying to adopt a cat and don't bring the dog to the freaking shelter. I don't know how many shelters are going to do this, but it was mentioned. And I just want to mention it as a side note, cause it was concerning to me that will freak out. First of all, the cat is in the shelter. There's a bunch of other cats there. It will freak them all out. And the same thing with the cat. The cat does not want to go to the shelter to meet a dog. Like if you're going to be committing to two different species and two different animals or two or more different animals, make sure those introductions are happening at home, not in a situation that's away from home and way higher stress and everything else. And for the most part, cats are not dogs, right? They don't go out all the time. They hate going to the vet. Anytime the cat carrier comes out, like that's just promoting a whole new level of stress. So please do not think like, oh, I'll bring my dog or my my cat to this rescue to see how he does with the dog or I'll bring my cat to the shelter to see how he does. That is not going to be a good experience for the cat no matter how you cut the cake. You know what would be a good idea? Take your cat to the dog park. (laughs) throw them in. Don't start. <laughs> if the dog, if the cat gets along well with the dogs and you're all set. Don't you know? start. But literally you guys have to be very careful with how you're thinking about this. And I really want to put a very strong emphasis on, even if you do not own cats yourself, it is very important that you know how your dog reacts around cats. Okay. Because as we mentioned, feral cats go out. Sometimes, you know, your friends can have cats, all of this other stuff. You need to make sure that you still have good stimulus control over your dog and you still know your dog's baseline behavior around a small animal like a cat to make sure that there isn't a freaking cluster. And the same thing with a, a, a couple that owns a cat or like your grandma has a cat or your parents have a cat or something. Bringing your dog into that situation, be very conscious of that. That is the cat's house. This is not a long-term setup for them. Don't just assume everything will be okay. We need to make sure that we're keeping the cat safe, especially if it's a larger dog with prey drive. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Do you have any other good stories for cats and dogs? Anything Well, else I think that the, uh, it's been my experience being in many, many homes over the years that the majority of cats and dogs actually coexist harmoniously yes. together. They seem, they sleep together. It's crazy. You, know, you think, oh, dogs and cats don't get along. But when they live in the same house, 
they at the very least they coexist and they respect each other's space uh through you know whatever communication they have with each other and it's usually not a bad a big problem yeah i think if you if you have a dog that isn't good with cats they're probably not good with a lot of stuff yeah uh, i would suggest getting some training for your dog because the one thing that has really helped with my clients and their cats is teaching them the place command or mm-hmm. the bed exercise because it's so funny once the cat sees that the dog respects the bed exercise they start like par- you know just parading back <laughs> yeah. and forth in front of the dog they're almost like proofing the bed and as soon as they see the dog is really settled in they just are pushing the envelope all over the place with the damn dog or and- or if it's a more insecure cat they are feeling safer then right yeah. so if it's the type of situation and this does happen with clients too where the cat is basically like away like in another room just doesn't like to be out when the dog's out if they know that the dog is stabilized on the bed and does have criteria not to get off they do feel safer to start interacting and everything else so i'm glad you brought up the bed because that is a huge one for management the crate is a good thing for introduction make sure you see how everything is looking, make sure you see what the initial responses are. You know, you can control things a lot. Then obviously you go to the leash. From there, either stepping on the leash and controlling the dog's environment, letting the dog drag the leash around, using the bed exercise, all of those are great ways to manage things. Because as Scott said, you know, they're going to get burnt out. Either the dog's going to get burnt out with a crazy cat or the cat's like, be done, it's enough. And you need a way when you're getting those signals from your animals to make sure that you're stepping in and making sure that you are stopping it so it doesn't blow up into a whole big thing. Yeah, and the key is to make sure that all living things in the home are calm yes, and not stressed out. Because Always. if you love your cat and your cat is highly stressed out, you're going to be stressed about it. Yes. Even though you're managing it, you're going to carry that cat's stress with you, thinking this isn't right, that the cat shouldn't be going through this. And it's just a, another thing to pile on top of your day. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And I want to be conscious of... Same thing we would say as far as like, if you're going to have a new baby in the house, make sure that (laughs) Figgy wants to take a nap. He's getting tired. Make sure that you don't want, that you don't change. If you had a cat first, okay, you had a cat in the house and now you're bringing a dog into the house. Make sure your cat's life isn't like turned upside down just because you introduced a dog into the house. And the same thing with a dog. If you have a dog, you know, that slept with you every night, everything else. Now you get a cat. Make sure that now the dog's not in the crate every night and everything's not changing. And if you do want to implement some new stuff, do it before the new animal arrives, right? I'm not going to project that dogs can resent, but I feel like they can have resentment. I feel like dogs can have a lot of feelings. I think they're quite involved, evolved. So with that said, make sure that you're setting things up for like, oh, the cat arrived and then my life sucked or, oh, the newborn arrived and then my life sucked. Make sure you're starting to implement some of these things that you may want to do with more members of the household and the family before the actual event happens, because it's very important that the cat doesn't lose all of its privileges or the dog doesn't lose all of its privileges. Yeah, for a few days, that's fine. But you don't want you know there to be a whole whirlwind, especially with an animal that you've owned for a few years before the new one came along. And it's the same thing. Oh, you bored. It's the same thing for an older animal with a younger animal too. Don't make that older animal feel like, oh my God, my life just sucks because you brought this new thing into here. Honor your, the animals that were there first and foremost. That's my thought. Yeah. And contrary to that, I would say sometimes, you know, you got to have dogs do things they don't want to do. I know, but sometimes. Sometimes. But, like, yes. And that gets back to, you know, creating a routine before you get the animal, yes. before you have the baby. They may res- they're going to fight that new routine. If it's going to involve crating, it's going to involve more management. And they're like, hey, what the hell is this? I've been doing my own thing for five yeah. years. You're not going to be telling me to do this and that. 
Well, you want to work through all those little hiccups before the baby's yes. there, before the cat is there, yes. because that, on top of the new animal, it's just a lot of stuff compounding that yeah. you don't need. And if you need help, reach out to a professional. Mm-hmm. Like online reading and online learning and everything else is all fine and good, but have someone who is a professional who has good reviews nearby come and help you. First and foremost, if there's any concern, any struggle, and if you're thinking about adding another animal or introducing a cat or anything else, truly ask yourself why. Like, who is it the benefit for? If it's just because the kids are like, Mom, I want a cat because they saw something on TV, make sure that both, you know, parents, both responsible adults want to have the cat also, or if it's a single parent. Everyone in the house has to make sure that it's going to be for the greater good. And yes, you can adjust and stuff, but ask yourself why, rather than just keeping on accumulating animals and bringing them into the home. Because it's a a commitment. And cats are a longer commitment than dogs. Cats can live a freaking long time. Yeah, and when I was a kid, excuse me, you know, we got the cat. It was a very practical thing. I mean, my mom saw a couple mice. We lived in an old house. She ran right down to the local rescue and said, I need a cat. And the cats were there for mouse control. That was it. That's a big thing in New England. We need them a lot. So I hope we cleared some stuff up. If you guys have had cats and dogs forever, maybe you learned a new tip or two. If you're thinking of bringing either animal into your house over this winter season and everything else, be conscious, have a plan, sit down, write out some strategies, have different steps that you're going to take. And then also if something goes awry, make sure you have a backup plan for how to change things. And please do not rush it. Even Chrissy, who is one of the most versed animal people I know, honestly, of all different types of species, you know, Australia, they have a lot more stuff out there than we do. Like she was very careful with even her dog who Murphy is like bomb proof. Like he met Figment when he came in, he meets every dog that's here. He's a really nice dog. Take it slow. Do not rush it because by taking things slow and making everyone feel comfortable, then you're not going to have a lot of BS. But if you have two or three instances of complete fear and panic from either party or anything else, it just makes the whole thing farther. You're just getting set back farther and farther. Yeah. Let your dog drag a leash around just as a little little management technique. All right, we're going to bring home our figgy pudding. Thanks so much, guys, for tuning in to us this Wednesday. And we'll see you next week. And in the meantime, keep, keep it, it quirky. quirky. <laughs> oh, it's a pig, figgy. It's a piggy. <laughs> the views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.